Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lost Teams podcast. We've got an extra special part two episode today for you guys. But first, we'll do our normal introductions. I'm Anthony Cerdelli with my normal co-host, Andrew Lennox. Andrew, how are you doing? Uh, not too bad, Anthony. My voice is a little off today. I'm having some allergy issues, but uh, overall doing well. How you been? Good, good. Just run around the park with my daughter for 45 minutes, so I'm a little sweaty, but besides that, (laughs) uh, we're good. But uh, yeah, so we've got a special episode on tap for you guys today. It's part two of our episode uh, from last week, uh, focused around Seattle hockey. So if you remember part one, we spoke to author Kevin Tyson, who wrote the book, When It Mattered Most, The Forgotten Story of America's First Stanley Cup and the War to End All Wars. And that covered Seattle's uh, Metropolitans, the first U team from the United States to win the Stanley Cup way back in the 1910s, which is crazy. But today, we have an extra special part two for you guys. We're throwing it from the history to the future. We're going to talk to Allison Bickford. She's a director of corporate partnership activation for the Seattle Kraken, the new NHL team that's going to start next season. Allison, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So uh, could you get into a little bit of background just about how, how you, got, how you uh, came to work for the Seattle Kraken and what that experience has been like so far? Sure. Um, it's actually a bit of a, a wild story. I was working in Chicago for a sports marketing agency um, with Coors Light and we were at the winter classic that was at Notre Dame, but all the fan festivities were, were in Chicago. And I was talking to a woman who I knew at the league. Um, just, you know, we, we were good friends. We were catching up and she asked what, you know, what my future was. Cause at that point Coors Light had decided that they were not going to renew their NHL deal. Um, and she knew I was passionate about working in hockey. And that was probably a couple weeks after Seattle had been awarded a franchise franchise. So I said, you know, I've always wanted to work for a team, but the only team I know for sure is hiring is Seattle. Complete joke, like throwaway line. And a couple months later, she emailed me and said, Hey, I've been working with the the group up in Seattle. They're hiring for this position. I thought of you, are you interested? And I said, absolutely. Um, and the rest is history. That's gotta be, have been such a fun experience already. Just seeing how everything's coming together and being like in on the ground floor uh, from that from that situation, and you were you were, you have a, a little bit of a history in hockey, right? You mentioned uh, before we were recording that you that you had started in hockey at UNH. Yeah, so I grew up in New Jersey, and when I was growing up, the Devils were were pretty successful. So I was aware of the sport and considered myself a Devils fan as as Jersey's team. Um, but it wasn't until I got to UNH where I really fell in love with the sport itself. And I worked with the team, uh, the men's hockey team for two years uh, doing marketing and uh, just really got passionate about the growth of the sport, where the sport could go. Um, and so that was, that was the, the kickoff to what has become a very successful career in hockey. That is great. You and University of New Hampshire, for any of those who didn't know what the uh, abbreviation for UNH was as a New Hampshire native, I guess you'd say that's uh, it's just a, a kind of assumed that people know what it is, but I realize now that people throughout <laughs> the country might, maybe might not. <laughs> I've, well, I've gotten asked oh. what state New Hampshire is in before. So <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's always good to clarify. For sure. <laughs> well, going into the crack and I had a question right off the bat. Well, one personal question to you, how long have you been in Seattle now? Uh, I moved in August of 2019, 2019. Okay. Yeah. So year and a half now. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, I'm still learning, still, still learning the city, obviously been stuck inside for, for a while now, but um, right. 
yeah, I moved out here. It was the first time, other than the interview process, when I moved out here was was truly my first time in Seattle. Yeah, it's a beautiful city from my experience. I've only been there a couple of times, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's a pretty magical place with the water, the mountains, um, right. and the outdoor activity. Yeah. Well, I had a question actually going into the crack and in Seattle. Um, how did you know the city react when it was announced that you know an NHL team was coming there? Yeah, I I say this a lot. Uh, it's not normal what's going on here, um, and that's a testament to the leadership that's here, but really just the fan base that's here. And I think Seattle fans in general, when you look at the Seahawks, the Sounders, even the Mariners, it's a it's mm-hmm. a pretty diehard fan base. Right. Um, but for a city that hasn't known hockey since the 1900s, as anyone mm-hmm. who listened to part one will learn, um, the, uh, the, just, the city completely bought in. And in my specific role, we saw that with partners who signed on two years before. I mean, there wow. were at least a couple partners who were on board before I was on board. <laughs> um, and that's before we had a team name. That's before we had an arena name. Um, so you talk about buying into an idea and a vision, um, and truly, you know, Todd Wiki is is the mastermind behind a lot of that vision. Uh, people people are all in, and the season ticket holder drive. Uh, now we've got a, a wait list with like thirty thousand people on it. Um, it's oh. it's not normal. I just come back to that. How quickly did the season season ticket packages sell out? Uh, Twelve minutes. 12 minutes. Yeah, I think I think we don't want to compare ourselves to Vegas. I think theirs was a couple weeks. Um, yeah. I think we expected ours to be a couple weeks, but uh, we sold out in 12 minutes. And the reason for the long wait list is because they couldn't figure out how to turn it off. And so there were a whole bunch of people who put in deposits and we got up, you know, into the, the 30, 40,000 and we're sitting there thinking like, all right, our arena is only going to hold 17,000. So right. we got to <laughs> figure this out. A lot of games. Uh, but yeah, it's... Just uh, just move the games out to the uh, the Seahawks field. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that I think that's interesting. Uh, kind of the parallels between when Seattle got their the the first hockey team that won the Stanley Cup, the Metropolitans. Kevin was telling us how how popular they were right off the bat and how interested people were in hockey. And it's just interesting to see that cycle happen again with the Kraken. Uh, and and similar. I mean, this is a little bit. Uh, the unpleasant part of it, but being around a pandemic is so weird too. Like the Kraken or not, sorry, the, I'm going to get Metropolitans and Kraken uh, confused a lot. But uh, as Kevin told us, they, they, they were in the Stanley cup finals when the influenza, the Spanish flu pandemic hit. And now we'll be hopefully coming out of one when the Kraken uh, uh, start. Are there any, are, um, what is it like kind of starting uh, at least in your position, starting in, in a, in a time like this? Yeah, it's been this this weird parallel. Uh, when I first started, we obviously didn't know anything about this. And uh, we would talk about the Metropolitans as part of this history. And, and so much of that history has been unearthed in this process um, as part of our preview center. We've got an old sweater. We've got some old skates uh, from the Metropolitans. And so it's, it was really cool to unearth that. And then all of a sudden, the parallel got very real when you talk about what, what ultimately disbanded that team and how we're coming into this. And I think you know it's always going to be challenging doing an expansion team and, and starting up. The the hurdles are real, and then you add in this this layer. I mean, aside from the the economic and, and societal changes that everyone's going through, just the logistics of you know we've onboarded probably a hundred people in the last year, and wow. the amount of people that I work with on a day to day basis that I've never actually met outside of a two by three square on my computer screen. 
um, it's pretty wild. And so that's probably the most challenging thing we're going through. Um, and you know, it's, it's a testament to the ownership and the leadership that, uh, they really haven't let it affect culture. They haven't let it affect timelines by any means. So um, everything is still full steam ahead. And we've got a ton of great people who are pushing through the facts that we're trying to do this in a just un maybe not unprecedented time, but once in a century uh, type situation. Is there, so so getting into the kind of the connections, the, the more connections that there are, because there's so many between the Kraken and, and, and the Metropolitans, uh, a big deal was made about the S being a throwback to the, to the Metropolitans. Are there any other things you can tell us that'll be included that are kind of uh, references to the, to the Seattle's hockey history? You know, I, I don't know. Um, we talk a ton about it and we've got, you know, so many different just open meet open door meetings where just people throw ideas and, and see what sticks. And certainly the S is, is a great throwback. And there's talks about, is there a banner raising? There's talks about, you know, retro night and wearing metropolitan sweaters. Um, I have no idea what's, what's actually going to stick. That's discussed above my pay grade. Um, but we know the history here is, is so, uh, so cool. And that story and connection is important to the city. Um, so I'd imagine there'll be some, some more cool ties back to the metropolitans. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I, I agree with you. I think there's so many interesting things that could be done. You mentioned a banner raising. Uh, I mean, in, in a way, I know there's not a direct line between the Metropolitans and the Kraken, but it, it feels like you, if, <laughs> I don't know what the legal ramifications are and the hurdles you have to jump, but it feels like that would be, a, uh, a banner raising would be a pretty cool experience, whether it'd be an old, uh, an old player or something like that. So yeah, I, I, I'm rooting for it. I have no idea if it's going to happen, but um, it'd be a really cool moment to do that on opening night. Speaking oh, of be awesome. Yeah. Um, speaking of opening night and, and the arena, have you had a chance? I, I, I think you told me you're going to see it after right after we do this, but you have it have you had a chance to check it out uh, before and, and how's it coming along? Yeah, I'd, I was in a couple times a couple months ago, and then I'd say in the last two weeks, I've been in three or four times um, and going both to the training center and the arena today uh, after we wrap up here. So oh. it's, um, it's, I mean, talk about like job perks, like being able to walk through and just see these transformations and uh, witness the, the progress. Um, but the arena is amazing. Uh, you know, all the renderings have looked amazing and I've always dreamed of what it's going to be like when it's finished, but to be in there and see, uh, truly how it's coming along and how tight that bowl is going to feel and the uniqueness of the roof and the glass and the fact that most of the buildings underground and, um, uh, but I mean, you talk about, there's a lot of uh, misconception that we're just remodeling the old arena. That arena is gone. Um, and the roof is still there and nothing else. And it's just going to be an incredible facility. Um, but yeah, being able to, I was actually pulled up some pictures from probably a little over a year ago where we were still excavating and it was just a big hole. Um, and now it's, they're finishing, like they're putting up tile, there's finishing touches, there's paint. Um, you know, the bowl itself is still being, uh, still a lot of work to be done, but, um, yeah, you walk into some spaces and just you start to really feel like, okay, wow, in October, this is, this is all happening. I'm curious how, uh, 
not that you'd be able to answer this question, but I don't know how many arenas are partially underground like that. I, I'm curious, just interested whenever I see my first game in Seattle, how that's going to uh, maybe increase the sound and the acoustics mm -hmm. in, the, in the arena. Yeah, I, I think Little Caesars up in Detroit is uh, at least somewhat underground, but you talk about psychologically for the fan. And when you walk into a building and you're up in the nosebleeds and you get into the bowl and you look up and you've got like six flights of stairs, you got to walk up. For us, it's like a significant percentage of people will walk down to their seats. And there's only a handful of seats where you're walking up. So A, you're not feeling like you're going that far up, but just that psychological of I'm walking down to my seats. I am like close. I've got best seats in the house. It's, uh, it's a pretty unique experience. That actually reminds me of old Thompson Arena at Dart Dartmouth College. That's you, you go down. <laughs> uh, but Andrew, I know you had a question. Uh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Well, yeah, actually, I had a question just going into, well, I have one team in mind that could be a huge rivalry. Um, do you personally have a team that you're excited to d develop a rivalry with the Kraken? I think there's a couple. I think Vancouver geographically oh, yeah. <laughs> is is going to be a big one. Um, but I think when you look at uh, the Sharks will be in our division, Vegas yeah. certainly as the other expansion team, there's going to be some natural ones that develop. Um but I think the other interesting thing is Seattle has so many transplants. And so mm -hmm. there's a lot of conversion we're going to be doing. And so it'll be interesting to see as fandoms from other or, or people from other cities are moving here and, and converting those fandoms and uh, how they feel, you know, so I think there's a lot of sharks fans here and right. that feels like it'll be a rivalry, but at the same time, there may be people who have that allegiance. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but my, my gut instinct is Vancouver will be the big one. Yeah, get ready to be overloaded with fans from BC when hey, we're still when the Canucks are we're in still town. They can't come down. That's true. <laughs> I know. I used to live in. Uh, well, I used to actually live in both cities, but um, with the proximity of Winnipeg to um, Minneapolis, St. Paul, um, whenever the Jets, when I was living in Minnesota, whenever the Jets were in town, the city was just packed with manitobans down for the jets yeah. game so <laughs> it could be see something like that in seattle i'm sure i'm i'm sure it'll be uh just overrun but hopefully that building <laughs> is is pretty full of, of kraken only fans right <laughs> um so uh you mentioned some of the potential for for references from the kraken to the to the metropolitans um but speaking of just the game experience uh i know when the uh, when the team was uh, the name was officially announced i think they referenced that the goal horn is going to be this the horn from the ferry uh are there any other uh really specific pacific northwest uh kind of culture things that you can tell us about that the that the kraken are going to try to include in the game experience yeah i mean again i'll say there's still a lot to be decided i think even the goal horn is still up up for cool. discussion um when you just think about we get to do everything from scratch. And that was part of the lure of coming here is uh, we don't have to do what every other team has done. Uh, and we've got so many unique perspectives coming in, whether it's from other hockey teams, but we've got people from all kinds of backgrounds, non-sports related, um, just so many unique perspectives and, and people from Seattle, people who have moved to Seattle. So there's just, like I said, we have tons of meetings where it's just, let's throw things at the wall. And we've got an awesome game presentation staff um, that have come in and they're the ones starting to formulate everything. So um, I know they also say we don't want to give anything away because we want people to, to experience it for the first time on opening night. So I'll leave it at that, but there's, there's a lot of good ideas being thrown around. 
I'm excited really for the, I'm sure this hasn't been decided yet, but for the goal song with, with Seattle's really music history and the type oh, of yeah. music. I mean, I'm, I'm like in my own head, just thinking like Nirvana or Pearl Jam or some mm-hmm. like, I mean, those are the obvious ones, but I, I'm just, I'm super excited. I can't wait to hear, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big goal song aficionado, so I can't, yeah. I can't wait to hear the goal song. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll be really cool. And you think like just the topic of music beyond like curating the music in the arena and how that's going to come together because of exactly what you talk about. And I know this is a hockey podcast, but I feel like people don't realize what this arena is going to do for music in the city of Seattle and in such a hotbed of music. Um, never really had a venue like this, uh, at least in a, in a long time, because the old key arena was so uh, outdated in terms of its acoustics and logistics and everything. We're going to be a top five music venue in the in North America. So you talk about like the biggest artists coming through town. Um I think on top of hockey, music is just going to be a, a completely new experience for the city. I'm sure Eddie Vedder will be making a few appearances at some games. I know he's a big sports fan. Yeah, yeah. We're, <laughs> we're excited for some of the celebrities that'll find their Seattle roots and come back home. Right. Um, I had a question um, in regards to just hockey in Washington and um, major junior hockey teams. And I know the state of Washington has, you know, a rich history of several junior teams in the state. Um, do you have any plans that do the Kraken have any plans to work with some of them, uh, major t- junior teams in the area to help promote, you know, the game of hockey in Washington? Yeah. I, I don't know of specific plans with them, but I know more broadly, our goal is to grow this game, uh, in the state, in the region. Um, mm-hmm whether it's through the CHL, whether it's through uh, other youth programs, we've already got some partnerships that'll be based out of the Kraken Training Center uh, to help do exactly that. And so uh, that's a huge part of it is those mm-hmm. relationships. And actually one of the last things I did before the world shut down was go up to a game in Everett um, oh, to, cool. to see them. So uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a big part of it. And uh, we've got partners who are actually focused on that and, you know, they're, they're not necessarily worried about promoting the game at the NHL level. Certainly that's some of the marketing rights, but they're interested in how do they grow it in the community. And uh, we've got a, a guy, Kyle Boyd, um, who's just an awesome person, but his job is, is basically that to grow the game of hockey in Washington and uh, from youth all the way up, um, whether, like I said, whether it's organized or grassroots, um, mm-hmm. it's all going to be a big part of what we're doing. Do you have uh, that? that oh, go ahead, Anthony. No, no, no. You asked your yeah, I was going to ask a question. Just you mentioned um, youth hockey. Um, I know in um, here in Los Angeles, we have um, the Junior Kings youth hockey program and then the Junior Ducks um, youth hockey program. I was wondering, do, do you think we'll see some sort of like Junior Kraken team or yeah. uh, program, yeah, anything I like think that? That's absolutely in the plans. Um, so awesome. I, I'm not in those conversations just because that's a whole other side of the business, but mm-hmm. um, that is absolutely part of the plan. And, and you talk about the Kraken Training Center just becoming a huge hub for hockey in the in the region, really, not just the state. Um, when you think about high school championships, college championships, you know, you talk about hockey in Alaska, and we announced a couple of weeks ago uh, our support of the University of Alaska Anchorage Hockey oh. Program. Um, so really, yeah, it's, it's going to be anyone and everything we can do to, to help support the sport in the area. That's really cool with, you know, the Alaska schools pretty close to losing their hockey program. So that's really awesome that you guys are supporting them. 
Yeah, we're doing everything we can. We want to we want to save that program. Um, Toddly Wiki's made uh, a, a bunch of, of PR and I think personal donations to, to help save that program. Um, the Kraken made a donation and uh, just trying to do, like I said, it's it's all about growing the game and supporting the game um, and saving that program is a big part of it. Um, that that kind of motivated a question in my mind, and I don't I I don't know if you can answer it. And honestly, if if you're uncomfortable answering, we can just cut this out. But um, <laughs> there's so uh, here in LA, Andrew mentioned the Junior Kings and Junior Ducks, but the the Ducks it feels like have had a much better and smarter plan growing growing hockey in the area back when they started because they they were their kind of own fan base and couldn't do it with Gretzky or anything like that. And the Kings it feels like are still kind of catching up. Is there a team? Uh, the, that the um, I think his name was Kyle that you mentioned mm-hmm. that he is he did he did he work for another team or is he kind of modeling it after a, a, no, another you, area? You want to bring this full circle? He went to Dartmouth um, and played club hockey there. Um, he yeah he was I think a, a high school history teacher um, but hockey background and uh, ended up coming over here. But I mentioned before we're taking inspiration from everywhere and anywhere. So there's a unique background. He's got his own unique perspective on how to work with with kids and growing the game from the youth level. He obviously played, I think he's originally from Minnesota. So, you know, hockey's in his blood from that sense. Um, But I know he's probably talked to every team in the league. He's probably talked to every team across other leagues. Um, He's probably looked at other youth organizations outside of sports. Um, And so it's all about who's doing it right. Who's doing it in a different way. How can we find the right meld of all those different variations to turn it into the most successful thing for us. Um, so yeah, and I know the ducks are on the list, but I'd also imagine we've talked to the Kings for the the same reason of, okay, what, what have you seen that didn't work? What have you seen that's, that's now working that's different from what the ducks are doing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's anywhere and everywhere we can take inspiration. Gotcha. And this might be a little bit of a repeat of a, of a, a question, but it's more of an opinion thing. Um, not, not necessarily, uh, what is going to happen, but w- what is one thing that, that, when you when Kevin told you the story of the Metropolitans that really stood out in your head that you you would like to see like if you were in a meeting suggesting the the Kraken uh, take up you mentioned uh, banner raisings was is there a specific player or uh, a tradition that you read about I don't know if there's one and this is totally me speaking as a fan the best one that I've heard is that we opened against the Canadians to finish the series that uh-huh. didn't get finished because of the last pandemic. I, like I have no that. idea <laughs> if that works in the NHL scheduling. Uh, that's the coolest one I've heard. And again, that's, that's just me speaking as a hockey fan, but I, I think the banner raising is cool. I think anything we can do to tie that history um, it's such unique history. Uh, the first American team to, to win a Stanley cup. And um, I even thought it was interesting uh, when you look at the physical Stanley cup, they replace the rings, right. When they fill up. And so there's teams who won, who are not on physically, not on the cup. Well, Seattle's on the, like the shoulder of the cup. So the part that doesn't get replaced. So literally every Stanley cup that's been raised, Seattle's on there because they're on this part that doesn't come off with the other rings. So um, like, I don't know, those little factoids I think are just so cool. I didn't know that. That is, that is actually fascinating. Like, yeah, I had no idea. (laughs) That is such a cool fact that like i mean because it's well i mean if you're a hockey fan and a stanley cup fan kind of a sports fan because the stanley cup is such a uh, a well-known trophy 
And I think a lot of people know that the rings are changed out, but I had no idea that Seattle's on there permanently. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm like thinking now, I'm like, I hope I'm right about that, but yeah, it's like on the shoulder part. So it's, um, it's the part that's, that's not replaced uh, as they fill up rings. Until some player who went, who on a winning team, like drops it off a building by accident, they have to get a whole new yeah. one, but <laughs> let's, let's hope that never happens. Yes. Yeah. That's, Fingers I've crossed. been able, I've been lucky enough to, to see the cup twice. Um, and I actually touched it because at that, at least at that point I was a devil's fan and they had won. So there were no jinxes. Now, now I won't be able to do that um, until the Kraken win, but yeah, it's, it's a pretty uh, just incredible piece of history. And, and you think of what that thing's been through and all the places it's been um, it's, I don't think there's any other trophy like it. That's what I tell people why I'm not an NHL player. Cause when I was 14, we were in a tournament and the, the uh, Stanley cup was there and I touched it. So that's, that's actually why I'm not in the NHL. It's not that I wasn't <laughs> nearly good enough to even play college hockey, but it was, it was, that's, that's why it's the yeah, superstition. Totally, totally. That's funny. <laughs> I've touched it too in Colorado when the avalanche were awesome. I mean, they're awesome this year too, but um, when they were winning, you know, won a couple cups, I was able to see the Stanley Cup. It was pretty, pretty great experience. Um, Andrew, is there anything else, you, any other questions you wanted to, to add before we wrapped up? Well, yeah, I had a question um, in regards to the, um, the expansion draft. Do you guys have any plans to, or is there any talk of like players in the organization that the team may try to go after? Or is there any plans to like have some sort of like, viewing party or like celebration yeah to see what players I, you guys might get from from a player and hockey off standpoint i think everyone has their wishes um i know yeah. there's plenty of jokes every time connor mcdavid does something amazing <laughs> it's this text going on hey how, how do we get this guy um no that's that's all super under wraps obviously and so much yeah. is is unknown and um we've got such a great hockey op staff and uh really this this unprecedented analytics department and i've been lucky enough to become good friends with alexandra mandricki and everything she's going to do for for that part of it but uh we let the hockey ops guys focus on that and um as much as we all have have our hopes and wishes for who we might get uh we're just excited to get to that point um and i think to to the second part of your question um that's a lot of what we're working on now um and and Unfortunately, given the world, there's so many variables. So it's how many different contingencies should we plan for? Can we have limited capacity? Um, can we have a giant crowd, which is obviously our huge hope. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, there's there's a tons of different things. Obviously, that's going to be just such a huge moment. Um, oh, yeah. I can I can assure you there'll be something big that's going on. I don't know that we know what it is yet. Um, the other interesting part is is technically the expansion draft is a league event. So in some mm -hmm. ways, we're beholden to to what the league is going to put on, but we have calls with them uh, weekly to to start planning it and figure out what um, what's going to be the right way to celebrate that moment. But um, it's it's going to be huge. I'm sure of that. Yeah, it should be an exciting time. That's for sure. Have you um, that, that actually made me curious. Have you have you spoken to Alexandra a lot that she's I mean, that's incredible. The Kraken have uh, have hired her and, and I'm excited to see what she can do because I mean, she certainly seems like she's got quite the resume. Yeah, she's, I mean, I've, like I said, I've been lucky enough to, to become good friends with her. So she's an awesome person in addition to everything she's done uh, in the hockey world, but she probably gets tired of, of my requests for different players. Um, <laughs> there's at least a couple uh, UNH alumni in the league that I've been pushing her for, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's so cool to see that. And as someone who doesn't really understand 
analytics. That's just not how my brain works. She tries to explain it to me. Um, but truly, you can see uh, just how unique this staff is going to be. And uh, with Ron Francis leading the way in terms of doing things differently and, and uh, taking this challenge head on of, of fielding this great team. And you look at the expectations that Vegas set, uh, which we try to distance ourselves from that a little <laughs> bit. We, we all know that that's going to be hard to top. But um, yeah, it's, it's an incredible staff and uh, we're lucky to have all of them. Um, I mean, I think that'll do it for, for my questions is uh, Allison, is there anything else you wanted to add or, or anything you, you thought you wanted to mention that we didn't bring up? No, I think, you know, we're just excited to, to keep this ship rolling and, um, you know, selfishly, when I look at what our partners have been able to do, um, in the community and as part of this team, uh, we're just in such a, I'll go back to what I said at the start, like, it's not normal what we're all experiencing through this. And, um, I'm just excited for it to continue to come to life and to, to stand in that arena at these different bars and these different clubs that we're all designing. And all you've seen is renders on a screen. And then all of a sudden we're gonna be able to step inside this beautiful building and, uh, have, have a drink at one of those locations and watch a hockey game. It's, it feels surreal still to say, but, uh, it gets more real every day. I agree with you. I, I I am so excited to come watch a game. We've got some friends, my wife and I, who live up in Seattle. So that's going to be stop number number maybe number two after after their wedding, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but definitely one A in my mind. Um, well, thank you, Allison, for for joining us again. Allison is the director of corporate partnership activation for the Seattle Kraken. Is there anything you want any anything you want to promote or any anywhere that our our listeners should visit? um to check out more about the kraken or, or about your work yeah i'd say all of our social um our social team's awesome as well so uh checking us out there but um there's just there's tons of stuff still to come so um stay tuned stay stay close to everything that we've got going on um and look forward to to hopefully hosting seventeen thousand people on opening night uh thank you for coming on allison andrew go ahead thank yeah thank you very much allison for coming on the pod it's been great yeah my pleasure all right. Well, we're going to do socials now. You can find me on Twitter at Deli Tweets. That's D-E-L-L-I-T-W-E-E-T-S. And at Media Deli on Instagram. Andrew, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at A-W-L-E-N-N. That's A-W-L-N. Thank you very much. And shout out, we actually got a fan email the other day uh, <laughs> from a gentleman by the name of... John Barrett from Valley Stream, New York, who suggested a couple teams for us and uh, was very complimentary. So thank you, John. We're so happy to hear you're listening. And, and like John did, if you want us to cover any teams uh, that have long since gone extinct or, or maybe are going to start soon, uh, like the Kraken, um, please email us or send me a direct message on Twitter. Uh, but I think that'll do it for the episode. Thanks a bunch for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.